That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the City's Podcast. Students from 16 area high schools, who more often than not are opponents in sports, are coming together to collect food for 23 counties served by the Riverbend Food Bank. There is competition between the schools, but together they've helped collect 15 million meals since 1986. We talked with Mike Miller, Executive Director of the Riverbend Food Bank. Let's first start off on the big kickoff on Monday, the Student Hunger Drive back at full force, 35th year, 16 schools, you're expecting big things. Oh, we are. We're, we're very excited to have the students back again after being gone last year. And it's appropriate for us to be talking about this, Jim, because you, you were the one who scooped me on, uh, on the cancellation last year. Uh, so let's, let's talk about finally getting to do it again. Yeah, and, and 16 schools, I mean, what are you expecting? Because uh, they bring out that big banner after the six weeks um, for the total amount of food that, that is collected. I mean, what do you expect from this year's drive? More than last year? You know, the well, there's a couple things that are going to make it, um, you know, unique this year. First off is just getting back right after the enthusiasm. So typically, you know, after doing it year after year after year, there's kind of a handoff, if you will, from the seniors to the juniors uh, for the because this is a student led activity. We did the, the teachers don't lead it. The, the food bank doesn't lead it. The student leaders do it. And we missed a year. And so we just had the student leadership uh, training earlier this week. And you know, we had a lot of, there, there were a lot of new faces in the room. And so that's going to get us some kind of renewed enthusiasm. And we're excited about that in terms of what, seeing what these kids come up with. Um, the second piece of it, because we know there might be some reluctance to, to have close contact that uh, people who may want to support the student hunger drive, but haven't before, we, we've created some virtual options. So that's not been the case before. If somebody doesn't want to have direct contact with the student, but still wants to support the school, there's a way online to get on, make a donation, and, and put that toward the school you want to support. Let's talk about hunger right now because it's uh, one in eight children in Iowa and Illinois, one in ten adults still are in need. Why is that still the case? Because it's, it's 2021. We have food banks that are open. We, we, we have schools that are feeding kids. Why is this still such a problem today? Well, it's, it's a couple things, Jim. I mean, first off, as you and I've talked about before, there's enough food to feed everyone. We're just throwing it away. This country throws away one third of the food we produce and that would be enough to feed everyone. We just have to commit to not throwing away food. They could still be eaten by someone in need. But then there's some systemic issues, right? I mean, as we've had kind of the growth of um, the economy and some people are doing great, there's other people who don't have anything in the stock market. So what's you know, so the stock market doesn't help them. And there's some kind of systemic issues that the people that we 
get food to have to deal with and we're trying to help them with those as well. Because one of the issues is that it seems like America has enough food, but when we're looking at these statistics, it's whether or not people have access to food. What does that mean? Right, so yes, you've, you, you've seen Riverbend Food Bank, you've seen the 300 food pantries, that, that, the partner agencies that we support in getting food to, but there are folks who can't get to one or there are folks out in rural areas that don't have one anywhere nearby. Um, there's, there's all kinds of reasons that even though, you know, anybody calls us, we've got a place that they can get food. And if, if folks are out there and need it, please come get it. Cause that's why we're here um, who just have trouble getting there. And so often it's falling on children too. Well, that's the, you know, that's where we can all agree. Right. I mean, in the, in kind of the, the um, given the political vitriol of the day, we might get an argument about, um, what should one do with the hungry adult? I, I would be one to say, look, we're throwing away enough food to feed them, so let's go ahead and get them, get that to them. But nobody argues about feeding the children. I mean, imagine a child sitting in school right now who doesn't know where dinner's coming from. Those kids have such a harder time, you know, succeed. What do they care about conjugating a verb or solving for X if they don't know when they're going to eat next? And and that's not those kids' fault. And and we ought to get them fed. Well, and you really underlined another issue is that it's not just a urban problem. It is a rural problem as well, which is somewhat a slap in the face because our rural area is so well known for farming. That's right. I mean, this is a this is a real um, conundrum, right? In the rural areas that do so much to help feed America is where there is so much need to also help get those folks fed. And we'd see time and time again that it's also a minority issue. I mean, the number of minority people that are in need of food or access to food tends to be the largest share uh, of, of the public that you're trying to serve. Yeah, that's a great point, Jim. The, the people of color are two and a half times less likely to have enough food than white folks are. And I get that's another issue where kind of people line up on different places, but whatever it is in our society that makes that true, it's mission central for us to do something about because there's, there's nothing about the color of someone's skin that should affect whether or not they have enough food. How well are your storage right now? I mean, cause you feed how many counties? I want to say 21. Uh, 23 now. 20? We've, we added one recently to go up to 23. So 23 counties that you serve, uh, uh, 20 uh, uh, food shelters, and you're the food bank that distributes it. How are your supplies right now, and are they getting to these uh, these uh, shelters? Um, so we're doing okay. You know, the, the, the kind of, we weathered the storm of COVID. The need jumped 50% COVID. There was a legitimate concern that we would run out of food. And, and we did a good job, our team, of staying ahead of that and, and really thankful to the vast majority of those 300 food pantries stayed open. And in some, now we, we changed how we do things, right? So we might have been doing like drive through distributions rather than having people come in. And, um, you know, we kept the food moving. Um, you know, supplies are okay right now. They're not, they're, they're better than they were during the height of the pandemic when we were worried about running out of food, but we don't carry a lot of excess stock. We carry about a month's worth of inventory because food on our shelves doesn't feed anybody. So we're, we're emptying those shelves every month and then just, you know, dependent upon the community to help refill them. So what do you, what do you say to the kids in the uh, student hunger drive that, that are all excited? They're all ready for the Monday kickoff. They're all ready to uh, try to collect as much as possible. What do you say to them? So I tell them three things, and they'll, they'll hear this from me Monday night, um, that the, you know, we used to have rule, because it used to all about winning 
the, the competition. And that's kind of secondary. You know, we, we really try to help them get in touch with the, the need. And the, the number one goal is how can we feed the most people? And who, you know, and, and if one school meets the goal, but another school succeeds even more, then everybody's happy for them. Um, the second thing is the the type of food that we're looking for that that I really, rather than thinking about how can they get the most pounds, right? Because we measure all this stuff in pounds and that's how we, we do the competition is again, think about what they would like to eat. So there's no reason to bring us a 50 pound bag of flour because you, nobody's gonna wanna set a 50 pound bag of flour in the middle of the table, you know, that we get the students thinking about what do they wanna eat? And that's the only rule we need to have the the students really focus on bringing good nutritious food um, to the to the food drive. And then the last thing I do, you know, is just ask them to, you know, you, you quoted those statistics earlier about the number of 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 kids under 18 who don't have enough food is, is I ask them to picture that number of classmates. Um, it's every school in our community has kids who don't have enough food, whether you think, you know, you might have expected that or might not have. And so I really focus on don't think about feeding the hungry, which is some kind of like kind of farther away, less to envision sitting with a group of your classmates and, and the rest of you are pitching in to help feed the one who's in need. Student hunger drive is is your biggest uh, uh, drive for food. Tell me what the impact is at the end of this six weeks. Yeah, so it's 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 multifold, Jim. It really so that first off is the amount of food they collect. They're gonna, you know, they're they're the, the students are gonna collect hundreds of thousands of meals over the next six weeks. It'll be, you know, it'll be somewhere between a quarter million and a half million meals that they that they're able to put together. Um, and that's wonderful. The second thing is that there's, it's a great variety of food. A lot of times the donations we get, you know, we might have a, a cereal plant send us a whole truckload of cereal or a, a, a cannery send us a whole truckload of vegetables. But, you know, the students collect a whole variety of food. And so as we're, we'll stretch that out over several, quite a few months of kind of mixing this variety of food that they give us with kind of like that whole truckload of cereal so that the, the food we distribute out to pantries um, is a nice variety. But then the last thing that is unique to our community is because this has been going on for 35 years, we have an entire generation of quad citizens who have an orientation toward the hunger issue because of their experience in the student hunger drive. And now they're sending their children to have that experience. And there is not a there's not another community in the country that has that kind of legacy like we do with the Student Hunger Drive. Mike Miller, Executive Director of the Riverbend Food Bank. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.